Kyle with Texas Quality Assurance. This week we have a two-part episode for you. We are discussing the effects of the Delta variant of the COVID-19 virus on our workplace and how we can perceive the risk from a individual perspective to an organization and societal-wide perspective might even have some ideas on some ways that this could be handled better using, of course, the process approach. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections. Tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. So if you have an existing solution, all you do is just repurpose it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, repurpose it, set a threshold to say this is what we think is a safe or responsible, whatever the right term is, um, level of security for our employees. And that's a lot different than saying everyone get it. And I know people hate when I go down this route, but if you think about it from that point of view of, of actually implementing that tool and having it, if there's any negative legal repercussions later, you can now honestly go to court and say, no, I have this data. Yeah. Here, here it is, right? Yeah. We tracked it. This is what we had. This is how we secured it. These are the thresholds that we identified here. And you could do that and then have a safe return to work policy. You know, I was reading about Google um, because Google has said everyone has to have the vaccine to return back to work. And I just read an article this morning that said that employees that refuse to return to work because they don't want to get the vaccine for whatever reason, um, that they're just going to cut them. They're not going to let them keep working from home. I'm like, well, there's got to be a, a threshold. It's like with uh, any any other specifications, we always have an upper and a lower limit. Right. you got a target with an upper lower limit. What's that target here? Yeah, so one of our sponsors, United Airlines, just did the same thing. And it's really interesting from the outside, when I see that, when a company says, you either get the vaccine or we fire you, my blood boils, right? Because yes. it rubs me the wrong way so bad on so many different levels. But when I actually got to talk to the leadership at United Airlines, I changed my mind at least about them. So for them, think about what most of their flight staff does. They're literally in physical contact yes. with people all over the world from yep. all different countries every hour. Yes. And so the reason their mandate for their employees is they're, the, what they do for a living is super susceptible to United Airlines becoming a super spreader. Yes. Right? And well, they the risk for them is much right, higher. Right. So so once I understood the reason they want everybody to have a vaccine is to protect their own people yeah. and has nothing to do with politics, has nothing to do with any other than keeping their people safe, I go, damn it, I get it. Right. right? And that one person that wasn't take the vaccine, they're a risk to the organization and to their coworkers. Yeah. Now, I still believe they have total right of choice. If they don't want to take the vaccine, they go find another job. Right. Right. But I, at least I understand. With Google, it's a little bit harder to understand because right. these same people you're saying that. If they don't take the vaccine, you're going to fire them. For the last year, they've worked remotely. Right. So what's the difference to Google? It's not a difference to your bottom line. It's not right. a difference to your perception. It's not a difference to your performance by your workforce. No. Well, okay, so going down another little rabbit hole here, um, when we look at the ISO standards, right? So ISO, API, any of these management system standards, they are horribly, horribly vague about their requirements. They give you a structure that you have to meet, and then you as the 
quality manager, you as a small business owner, you get to decide how you meet those requirements. So like supplier approval. They have some loose guidelines about supplier approval, and you get to decide how you meet it, and then you verify you met those requirements. It would seem that a similar type uh, scenario would make sense for businesses. So we identify, well, what type of business are you? Like uh, we've got in our business, we have two halves of the business. we got software with a bunch of computer geeks that sit at the desk all day. we got consultants and auditors who are out with people every single day. Well, maybe we would need to treat these two diff- types of yeah, yeah, jobs yeah, a little differently. It. And I get to decide how I meet those requirements. So if you're in a high-contact job position, um, maybe we have to have 90% of those folks um, vaccinated or show evidence antibodies. But on the other hand, if you're just an office you know, a desk jockey, like, well, maybe we only have to have 70 or 50 or whatever it might be, but you can set out a management system and then allow organizations to choose for themselves the best way to become compliant. Yeah, I love that because you're right. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I mean, when I think of our business, we have most of our people are, are solo people, right? They're recording podcasts remotely. Most of my hosts, they're not in contact with anybody. No. And then there's a handful of people like me that literally every day I am shaking hands yes. and rubbing elbows. Yeah, makes total sense to me. Yeah. And I mean, but won't we already do the same thing in our business anyways? If you bring up the suppliers again. So if you've got um, Office Depot's your supplier and they provide toner and paper and pens for you, if they screw up on your toner order, is it going to be detrimental to your no. business? But what if, on the other hand, you're buying this really weird alloy from this special provider? If they screw up on your material specs, you just cost millions of dollars of damage for your customer. So we treat these critical suppliers differently than our commodity suppliers. I would think there's some options there for us to solve these problems in different ways that aren't so uh, combative and divisive. Yeah, isn't it funny about something that should be a medical and scientific question and answer has become political and emotional? Yeah. A lot of the people that I talk to, regardless of what side they are on the vaccine, it's how they feel about the vaccine. Yes. They literally, and, and, and I don't, I'm not throwing any shade in my way, but they literally, if I ask them what is an antibody, they don't know. Right. So their ability to have a scientifically based opinion on the vaccine really is zero. They're doing it by what they feel. And a lot of what they feel is being driven by something called a confirmation bias, which is fueled yep. by social media. It is. You know? And so you have people now that literally are scared to the, the bottom of their heart about taking this vaccine. Yeah. And you have other people that are scared to the bottom of their heart about not taking it. And have taken multiples. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, if, if I wasn't living through it, I'd almost find it fascinating. Like it would be a great, like social, you know, social science study to understand yeah. this. And even, you know, we're talking earlier about data and analytics. One of the things that's bothered me about this here in the U.S., at least from the beginning, is if you died in the U.S., and this may have changed, but up until recently, if you had died in the U.S. and you had COVID, your cause of death was COVID. Yes. So if you were a terminal cancer patient right. or if you got in a car wreck and they tested you had COVID, so it skewed the data, uh-huh. which means in the future for people that are studying this pandemic in the future, they're going to have crappy data to study, right? So they made that data worthless, crap. at least I mean, here in the yeah. U.S. What's yeah. the old uh, adage for computer science? Crap in, crap out. Yeah. I mean, it is. Um but we run into the same thing in accident investigations. You're doing a root cause analysis. I mean, how many times, and we just did a podcast episode on this, talking about how many times do you pinpoint one thing to be the cause? There's 10 different factors going on, folks. That's a great analogy because that also ties in your cognitive bias, right? So my yes. favorite example is, oh, this guy took his glove off and they got his finger pinched. And you think the root cause is he took his glove off. Right. You and I both know 
who bought the glove? What was it spec to? Could yes. the guy do his job with that glove? Yes. That's real root cause. Yes. You know, did the supply chain guy that buy the gloves go play golf with the company that sold him the gloves? Nobody ever talks about that. No. They just point the guy that took his glove off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, again, I, I love reading from Deming, and one of the things he talks about so often, I think this might become a two-parter here. But <laughs> <laughs> one of the things Deming talks about all the time is, I say talks about, he died in 93, but still genius is the idea of common cause versus special cause. And so common cause are things like this, the glove issue that you're talking about. We want to pinpoint and say it's because he took his glove off is the reason he got hurt. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the whole system of glove selection, of training, of the culture of our organization. Maybe that's what led to him getting yeah. that glove, uh, getting his finger pinched because he took the glove off. I love the culture part because you're right. It could have been... In what company A, when he took his glove off, his coworker said, "Stop, put your glove on." Yes. And in company B, coworker didn't say anything. Right. right. It could be something that simple, that culture, yeah. cultural based. And it just doesn't work well on our news cycle to to have these thoughtful discussions. But I mean, we've been talking what here for twenty two minutes, and uh, I think we've just about solved the whole world's <laughs> issues. We just need to get everyone to listen to this episode. Oh, I just wish they would, Kyle. It's um. It's, you know, it's uh, for us, this last couple of years has actually financially been a good year, but emotionally it's been draining. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and um, and everything, you know, we're recording this from Texas and, and in Texas we do things slightly different than the rest of the country. You know, our governor's already said no mask mandates, uh, yep. but people are still fearful, fearful of it. And I just would love things to get back to normal so all of us could like just take a deep breath yeah. and just relax and it's okay. And it's going to be okay anyway. Right. Uh, we just don't know exactly what's coming. Yeah. Well, and that fearfulness that we all have, this is something I have a hard time accepting as well, because I'm, I'm that Texas good old boy, right? I'm a seventh generation Texan, like, I don't really care, right? But I have to recognize other folks really do, and that fear that they feel is legitimate. Yeah. Regardless what the root cause of it is, it is there, and it is a product of the whole system that we live in. So when we talk about the system of the organization that you work in, we're in a giant system in this country, in this world as a whole, and there are some flaws in it that are causing problems to crop up. So then the question is, is how do you deal with those? If you can't change it at the root of the system, how do you respond to the symptoms? Yeah, and you won't change it unless you – so first thing, you have to go to the root. But the second thing is, can you even figure out what the root is? Yes. Because that's a very – usually a very complex problem to try to figure out. And it also is dynamic. Whatever yes. the root cause is now has a bunch of variables that go into it. Oh, yeah. And those variables change over time. Yeah, and so many people – and I can only imagine how complex this really is at the higher echelons of government and big business to deal with. Because, again, the episode we just – put out two weeks ago um a guy got stabbed in the knee by a, a fuel nozzle we had 11 different causal factors on it i had guys in the uh out there in the inspection pit this was 10 15 years ago ready to go to blows and punch each other over who was right about why this guy got hurt and turned out none of them were right but they were all right at the same time right and this is just a guy getting a, a hole popped in his knee so yeah, the uh, the complexity is what's going on here. We overlook. We overlook. And I hear people say it's just. And it, it just drives me, that word drives me up the wall. Because anytime someone says just, we just need to get everyone to get a shot. We just need this. We just need that. That shows a lack of understanding of the process as a yep. whole. 
it also shows a lack of actually really trying to solve the problem. What you're really trying to do is be right yes. and, get, and, and move on to the next thing versus stop and, and did you actually solve the problem, right? Um, and once again, that could be super complex. We deal with that in this country with our politics. Um, and this is after me saying I'm not talking politics. I've, of course, I bring it up. But well, if you look we're at, doing a good job of being neutral <laughs> here. If you look at what happens with the shift in our uh, executive administration over the last, say, 12 years, it's a pendulum swing. Yes. Nobody stops in the middle. It's no. one side or the other side yeah. to the extreme. And that's not good for either side. That's not no. good for, for any of us. No. You know? And it's the point now, to your point earlier about the two guys in the pit that want to come to blows, it's the point now where I can't talk – intellectually about politics with almost anybody because people get their feelings hurt and when yes. they get feelings hurt they get mad yeah and so then they have people mad at me because i i think differently than they do you know yeah. and and to me once again it's like where did that come from because you know 20 years ago and once again I, i'm sure it's social media and the cognitive bias but you it's know it's the whole system that we live in to your point the system itself is self-perpetuating a lot of that sort of stuff yeah. and what is the root cause you know I don't know. Yeah. And that's the same thing that Deming goes into when he talks about these issues. And he points out that, and I'm forgetting the exact statistic, but it's more than 80% of the defects that you have in your production line are not special cause. More than 80% of the defects you have are a byproduct of the system being poorly designed. I can see that. And so now we're looking at this on a national level and we're being told single solutions. I have no doubt more people to get vaccinated, the better. Um, I have no doubt that social distancing has an impact. I have no doubt that masks have an impact. What I have a doubt of is what's our acceptance criteria. I don't. I've never heard anyone identify an acceptance criteria other than a hundred percent. So you've been in oil and gas for a long time. The zero accidents, zero defects is a common mantra. How often does that actually do any good? So there's two points to that. So one is. Not that long ago, it was nobody believed in it, right? And so it was spoken at in meetings. Oh, we're going to have a zero uh, incident year, zero incident month. And the people would walk out and go, that's not going to happen, right? right? Which is a disservice. So if you don't believe it's going to happen, why are you saying it, right? Right. But what's happened lately is actually it is achievable in the right circumstances. And so now you have companies, uh, and I give a big shout out to Jack Hint with Baker Hughes. He did this years ago with them. They literally, their safety record was so bad in the U.S., they were starting to lose customers. And they hired Jack, and Jack came in and went to the executive team and goes, look, you have to believe that we have a zero incident day. And they go, Jack, we're a global operation. We have 390 locations around the world. We do everything from wireline to through tubing services. There is no way not one person in the entire Baker organization is not going to pinch a finger. And Jack <laughs> goes, that's the problem because you don't believe it. Yeah. So he convinced them that it was achievable, and we interviewed him a few years ago. And at that time, we interviewed him. Globally, Baker had something like 211 consecutive days with zero incidents. Wow. Because because they knew they could, they, he changed their perception of something they thought they couldn't obtain to right. something they could. Right. Now, what was the cost of that to obtain that? It was a lot of money. Yeah. Right. And so then you get to the, the actual business side of it. Was it worth the money? Right. Um, but it, it is attainable. But a lot of people, it's just lip service, zero defect manufacturing, yep. zero incidents. They don't believe it. And so they're actually part of the problem when they say it. Yes. Uh, actually, on one of our shows, just, uh, uh, I think last week, on Only Gas This Week, we were talking about, um, how Greenland publicly has said we're going to stop doing oil and gas exploration because it's good for the planet. 
the reality is they've been <laughs> trying to find hydrocarbons for 50 years and they failed at it. Right. So instead of telling the truth, hey, we failed at this and we're going to stop doing it because it's a waste of money, they jumped on the environmental bandwagon, right. which is a disservice to the companies that are really doing it for environmental it reasons. Is. Right? It is. There's, there's it, a it subtlety there, but it's important. Yeah, it just perpetuates that fear and that doubt. And it, it's the same thing in the safety culture. I yeah. mean, it really is. Um you know, I, I remember when I first took over safety manager, like, my gosh, someone was doing something stupid on nearly a oh, weekly basis. Yeah. And the, the absolute best was I walked up on guys. There were three forklifts. There was forklift getting lifted by a forklift and another forklift on the back holding the middle one down. And not only was this normal, they explained to me how this was more safe than a ladder. And given the condition of their ladder, they were correct. <laughs> but we we get so wrapped up in, like you said, your, your own cognitive biases. We get so wrapped up in the way that we do things that conceiving of something different is so damn impossible. And when folks throw mantras at us without the how we're going to achieve that goal, it's detrimental. Right. It is so detrimental. It, yeah, it's, that whole safety thing trips me out. So I've been in the oil and gas industry 25 years. I can't walk by a piece of paper on the ground without picking up, right? Just been, yes. been built into my DNA. Have you ever driven by residential construction? Oh, my god! It gosh. freaks me out. Those yes. guys are not tied off anywhere. No. They're wearing no PPE. No. They're, they're 20 feet off the ground jumping for rafter. rafter it's yes. Like, I can't stand it. But to your point, that's their normal in that industry. Yes. Which is nowhere near our normal in oil and gas. No. No, it is. It's it's very, very different. I mean, it's one thing to just say, oh, you got to change the culture. I don't know how many times I hear it. I actually cringe every time I say it because I recognize how uh, cliche it sounds. Cliche and almost impossible. Culture, yes. the larger and older the organization is, the harder it is to change the culture. Yeah. Now, you can change segments of it, but overall, that's a hard thing to pull off. It's the reason I like working with small business the most. I mean, with Texas Quality Assurance, this is what we do, is we work primarily with small business because we can actually see the change that occurs. And right? you can actually have change occur. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all all very interesting. Well, this will probably get released as a two-parter here, so we may have gone <laughs> on a little time. longer. But um, Saul got started talking about, well, how do we respond to this Delta variant? And I don't know that we have uh, any clear answers, but I think we got some good ideas on yeah, yeah. So we're looking at we're just gonna pay attention to what's going on. Um, you know, from a financial point of view, we got to see what other companies' perception is, right? We talked about this during the podcast. It, it's, it's important. Yeah, but from a protecting my people for us for for now, it's just gonna be business as usual, right? Yeah, common sense. Yep. Uh, if you want to get vaccinated, we'll we'll help you get the vaccine. If you don't yep. want to get vaccinated, we still love you. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't doesn't matter to us one way or the other. Yeah, but no, I I really think it's um, I mean, I I think it's something that. Other folks, I don't know quite who it would be, should look at. But, you know, let's look at what are some numbers that organizations should try to attain. Well, the other thing is if you work for a company and this falls into your your job duties somehow, some fashion, probably the quickest thing you can do is hurry up and figure out what tool you need so you can start tracking this data, even if it's not useful to you today. Right. If things zig or zag, it may be very useful to you in the future. Yeah. And it's way easier to kind of set up that process and those tools now versus somebody calls you at 1 o'clock in the morning. You have to have it done by 6 yes. and clean the next yeah. day. Because, I mean, you could easily request, and again, how this plays out with HIPAA, I don't know. So please don't take this as uh, yeah, no HIPAA-compliant HIPAA advice. People. Yes. <laughs> but if we could ask our employees to say, please show me evidence of either a positive COVID test, which means you now have antibodies. Right positive COVID test 
or a vaccine, let's get ourselves to some certain critical percentage of protected employees. That I think would be a fantastic solution to go at. And as as a as a company who hires, because we're looking to hire pretty soon, how much better do you think people would feel comfortable coming to work for your company if they knew you had that in place? Like to yes. your point, it's not a hundred percent, it's not foolproof, but you're paying attention because you care. Yes. And but isn't that the same thing we do anyways with health and safety and environmental issues anyhow? While we go to work, we want our employees to go home safe. We also recognize there is that risk that someone's going to get hurt today. We don't quit doing dangerous work. We try to guard ourselves against it. We try to put controls in place, but we don't quit doing dangerous work. We don't quit using uh, chemicals that are potentially dangerous for the environment, but we put controls around it to do the best we can. But with the whole Delta variant thing, we seem to only see 100% as acceptable. Right. And it's just a different way to look at it. What are the acceptable risks? Then let's work towards that. Then you can be, this is how the cultural thing can shift. Then you're the company owner who cares about the people, but you're not the totalitarian owner that tells you what to do with your personal body and right. your personal life. I love that, Kyle. I think you probably should end this right here. There we go. <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate it, Mark. Dude, this is awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's um, always fun talking with you. So I'll make sure we put any links. Uh, well, I can't even say to your shows because God knows how many you got. <laughs> I nowadays. don't remember them either. We've gotten so big. Let's go to OGGN.com. If you have an interest in the oil and gas industry, just go check it out. Awesome. I appreciate it. Hey, this is Kyle with Texas Quality Assurance. Thank you again so much for checking out the Quality Matters podcast. We absolutely love putting this out and love the feedback we get from you guys. So please take a moment to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or drop us a line on LinkedIn. We absolutely love hearing from you every chance we get.